This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include mature themes and negative cultural values, including internalized shame and kinkphobia. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 338. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorecity.com. Each week, I share a piece of my fresh new fiction with you and tell you the latest about my life and my writing. More on that later in the show. For now, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 3 of Honor Tested by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, go back to Episode 336 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. Natasha has been hired as Honor's Ladies' Companion, and the two women have agreed to put their BDSM play on hold while they get to know one another. But neither of them is willing to give up the other dimensions of their relationship. As they prepared to head out to House Townsend for a visit with Noble Alex, they agreed to a wager. Honor is wearing her mother's butterfly necklace, the possibly magical amulet that seems to give her lurid sexual fantasies. If she can make it through the day without relieving her arousal, then Natasha is hers to command for the night. If she can't, then Honor will do whatever Natasha wants for the night. They traveled across town to the home of House Townsend, which is something they've never seen before, a ten-story building that fills an entire city block. Townsend Tower is the first skyscraper in the world, an appropriate testament to House Townsend's progressive vision. Inside, they found another first, an indoor shopping mall, though of course they didn't have that word to describe it. Noble Alex met them at a tea house in the mall, once again wearing the feminine shape that Honor found so alluring. They excitedly told Honor and Natasha about the tower and all its amenities and conveniences, which allowed them all the comforts of city life without ever having to step outside. The seeds of Metamore City's future were sprouting here at Townsend Tower, and other noble houses were already moving to copy them, planning even bigger towers of their own. Alex was all for it. In the words of the House Townsend motto, not to move forward is to move backward. Honor Tested The House of Bellevue Book 2 By L.C. Williams Narrated by Vivian Ferrari Chapter 3 The Garden the conversation meandered pleasantly after that, as they enjoyed their afternoon refreshments. Alex seemed in no hurry to leave, and since they were not actually imposing on the Townsend's private space, Honor did not feel any pressure to make her visit a short one. 
according to Mabel, a typical social call among the nobility might last twenty or thirty minutes. With Alex, the clock in the tea shop rang out the hour twice before Honor gave any thought to leaving. I suppose we had better move, Alex said at last. This shop closes in a half an hour, and Gretchen will want time to clean. Would you like to come upstairs and see the garden? Honor raised her eyebrows. A garden upstairs? Yes, I should like to see how you managed that. Alex grinned. Then follow me, milady. They crossed the floor of the concourse, passing by an ornate fountain, several park benches and potted plants, and a street musician playing a violin, and entered one of the lift tubes. There was a uniformed attendant inside, dressed in the red and black livery of House Townsend, with spotless white gloves. The young man bowed his head respectfully to Alex, Honor, and Natasha as they entered. "'Where to, my noble?' the attendant asked. "'Hello, George,' Alex said warmly. "'Take us up to the roof, if you please.' "'With pleasure, noble.' The attendant pulled a lever next to the control panel, and the lift doors slid shut with a squeak of metal on metal. Then he flipped a switch on the panel, and a low, vibrating hum filled the little chamber. With a grinding of gears and clinking of chains, the car began to rise into the air. Honor stared out the windows as the concourse shrank below them. She felt dizzy. There was a brass handrail in front of her. On her it was about chest height, and she gripped it with both hands as the car rattled around her. Her companions must have noticed her distress. Natasha closed in on her right side, Alex on her left, their bodies pressing gently against her. Their nearness was a comfort as they rose ever higher into the sky. After what seemed a small eternity, they passed through the ceiling of the concourse and entered a dark, narrow shaft. Electric lights on the ceiling of the car flickered on, filling the space with dim, yellow-orange illumination. More floors slid past them as they rose, the numbers written in reflective white paint on the back wall of the shaft. At last they emerged into the light once again, but this time it was the brilliant sunlight of mid-afternoon. The car came to rest in an intricate cage of burnished bronze, covered with dozens of sculpted leaves and flowers on all sides. The lift attendant opened the doors of the car, exposing a locked gate on the front of the cage. Alex produced a large key from somewhere on their person, slid it into the lock, and twisted it. The gate opened in near-perfect silence, and Alex stepped out, touching the attendant lightly on the hand as they passed. "'Thank you, George. You needn't wait for us.' "'Yes, noble,' George said. Honor and Natasha followed Alex out into the sunlight. The wireless tower rose behind the lift platform, looking even bigger and more impressive from this vantage point. Its shadow was a thin, sharp-edged silhouette against the paving stones of the platform. Honor had been expecting a broad, flat space of some sort, but the garden was nothing of the kind. Flowering hedges bracketed the space around the lift platform and the wireless tower, forming two L-shapes on opposite corners of a square about twenty feet across. Paths of paving stones ran about three feet in from the hedges, and the intervening space held garden beds with a variety of small shrubs, trees, and flowers. There was a gap about six feet wide at each of the two open corners, and beyond these Honor could see the paths bend out of view, 
with more hedges dividing up the space beyond. You put a hedge maze on top of a building? Honor asked wonderingly. Brilliant, isn't it? Alex said, their voice full of pride. You can almost forget you're in the city. Honor could not stop staring. How do you water everything? Rain catchments, for a start, Alex said. Plus, we have an electric motor that pumps water up to a set of storage tanks on the south end. It provides running water for not only the garden, but all the apartments and businesses below us. They spent an indeterminate amount of time strolling through the hedge maze, taking in the beauty of the landscaping and the warmth of the afternoon sun. April was very early in Metamore's growing season, and not many of the flowers were in bloom, but it was still a lovely and peaceful place that reminded Honor of home. Natasha walked a few paces behind her and Alex, saying little unless she was addressed directly. She seemed to have taken her role as bodyguard most seriously, or perhaps she simply didn't want to intrude on Honor's time with Alex. The androgyne took Honor's hand and walked with her at an unhurried pace, occasionally pausing to point out some new plant and share a few interesting facts about it. Honor knew a fair amount about gardening herself. She had spent many a summer day getting her hands dirty with the Bellevue groundskeepers, and she surprised Alex by offering some suggestions on improvements to be made. More of this plant over here would protect these other plants from destructive beetles. Adding certain soil amendments here would improve the blossoms on this bush, and so on. You have an impressive array of interests, Alex remarked after a while. Did your tutors teach you all this? A bit of it, Honor said. But mostly I learned from the staff. They were always busy, always doing things, and I wanted to know what they were about. And I read a lot. I can imagine, Alex said. It's always good to know what it takes to keep a house running— even if you never have to do it yourself, you'll manage your staff better if you understand what they're doing. I expect you'll be an excellent lady of the manor. Honor tried not to flinch at that. Oh, you're too kind, she said, and tried to sound pleased at the compliment. But Alex had picked up on the emotions Honor had tried to suppress. They stopped Honor and turned her to face them, covering her hand with both of theirs. Please forgive me, my lady, they said, their amber-brown eyes peering worriedly at hers. I have the sense that I've just said something terribly hurtful, only I don't understand why. Honor looked down at their joined hands. The intensity of Alex's gaze unsettled her. It's not as bad as all that, she sighed. It's just... Listen, do you know about the succession bill that's to come before the Council of Peers? A slight frown creased Alex's brow. Yes, but what does... They stopped, blinked, and Honor saw sudden understanding on their face. Oh, my. Is Lord Bellevue supporting it? Does he intend to make you house scion? I don't know, Honor said, her frustration coming out in her voice. All he's said is that he'll listen to the arguments for and against, and if it passes... I should be prepared to learn a great deal more about politics. I couldn't tell if he thought that was a good thing or not. Alex crossed to a nearby park bench and sat down, 
motioning for Otter to join them. She did so, and they half turned in their seats to face one another. Natasha continued walking down the path and stopped a few yards behind Alex. She acted as if she were examining some of the plants, but Honor saw her sneaking frequent glances in their direction. None of that is surprising, milady, Alex said. Bellevue has been one of the centrist houses for over a hundred years. Your father's endorsement of the Veterans Bill is the first time he's taken a clear stance on an issue of importance. Holding back, listening to all sides and reserving judgment, that's much more his style. It gives him a chance to negotiate, to see which way the winds are blowing, and to secure promises from the more powerful houses in exchange for his vote. Honor looked down at her lap. You make it sound as if my father has no principles, she said peevishly. Alex took her hand, squeezed it. On the contrary, I think there are a few things he cares about deeply. One of them is our veterans, and another is you. Honor gave Alex a puzzled look, and the androgyne pointed over their shoulder at Natasha. Not many ladies' companions can break a man in half without breaking a sweat. Natasha snorted and smirked at that. Honor flashed her a brief smile, then turned back to Alex. The noble raised her hand between them, wrapping long, elegant fingers around Honor's smaller ones. You want to do something important with your life? Alex asked. Honor nodded. And you think becoming a house scion will help you do that? Well, yes, Honor said. It seemed obvious to her, so much so, in fact, that she suddenly worried that she was missing something important. I see what you're doing with this veteran's bill, working to make things better, and... and I want to do that, too. She raised her free hand and gestured at the gardens around them. Teas and parties and garden strolls are lovely and all, but I don't want that to be my whole life. I don't want to be just some pretty thing for my hus- my, my spouse to show off. Alex grinned knowingly at her self-edit, and she forged ahead before her embarrassment could get the better of her. Does that make sense? Entirely, Alex assured her. But, Anna, my dear, if that's the way you feel- you need to act on it. Your father has known you from infancy, but he doesn't know the woman you are now. It may be that he's holding back from supporting the succession bill because he thinks he's protecting you from a life you don't want. You need to show him that isn't the case. Honor nodded slowly. That makes sense. But, oh, Alex, how can I do that? My cousin Graham is a house scion now. He's more than ten years older than me, and a veteran. How can I tell my family to choose me? A woman, and barely an adult, who's never done anything of consequence. Alex smiled, a wry sparkle in their eyes. There are two answers to that, my dear. The first is that I know Lord Graham... He has given a more than adequate display of his character and temperament over the years, and neither your father nor most of our peers are ignorant of his defects. Nor are you, I expect. Honor squirmed and lowered her eyes. It... 
would be impolite for me to speak ill of family. Of course, Alex said, which is why I am more than happy to do it for you. She couldn't help but smile a little at that. You said there was a second answer. Indeed, Alex said. You want to show your father that you are a serious person worthy of being entrusted with responsibility. So why not take up the cause of the succession bill? There are other ladies in the peerage who feel as you do. They organized to rally support for the bill in the Senate, and now they are taking the fight to the council as well. Some of them are close friends of my parents. If you're interested, I'm sure we could make introductions. Oh, very much so, Honor said. Yes, I would be delighted to meet them. Excellent, Alex said. I shall raise the matter with them this evening. They winked and showed Honor another wry smile. And I am happy for any excuse to introduce you to my family. Honor smiled back, feeling a little dazzled. She looked down at their joined hands, then back up at Alex's lovely face. The androgyne leaned in a little closer, and their voice turned low and husky. May I kiss you, Lady Honor? Honor took a deep breath, swallowed hard. You may, noble Alex. Alex flashed that dazzling smile again. Then they took Honor's face very gently in their free hand, and lightly, chastely, pressed their lips to hers. Honor tried to respond, to deepen the kiss, but it was already over. Alex was drawing back and grinning at her conspiratorially, as if they'd done something terribly naughty. She looked up expectantly at them, waiting for Alex to come in for another kiss, but instead they rose to their feet and offered their hand to Honor. Shall we see the rest of the garden before you go? Alex asked, as brightly and warmly as ever. That's it, Honor thought, staring at Alex in amazement. Well, there's no rush, she said. This part is very nice. We could... We could stay for a while, you know, if you wanted. If you want to try kissing me again, she thought, and properly this time. But it seemed terribly rude to say it out loud. Alex looked around at the nearby hedges and flowers. This is all right, they conceded. But the real wonder is at the eastern edge. Can I show you? I promise it is worth it. Privately, Honor could not imagine any sight in the garden that would be more enjoyable than staying here and exploring each other's bodies, especially a body as lovely as Alex's. But she pushed back her disappointment and put on a cheery smile anyway, for their sake. How could I refuse? she said, and let them draw her to her feet. Alex led the way through more twists and turns in the maze, past ornate fountains that watered the surrounding flower beds, lilac trees heavy with blossoms, and nude female statues that inspired more lurid visions in Honor's imagination. Then they came around a final line of hedges, stood before a chest-high railing at the building's edge, and looked out on a vista that took her breath away. The jagged peaks of the barrier mountains rose before them in an unbroken backdrop, their snowy heights gleaming brilliant orange and pink in the alpine glow of the setting sun. A little nearer, 
the stony outcropping of Metamore Ridge rose like a sentinel in the middle of the valley, forming the bottleneck that had stopped or slowed countless invading armies over the centuries. On top of the ridge, the solemn gray walls of Metamore Keep rose into the air. The tops of its highest towers, more than half a mile above the valley floor, were still touched by the last rays of direct sunlight and shone as brightly as the mountains behind them. Below the castle, and filling the valley to the left and right, stood the countless buildings of the great city. A low haze of smog blanketed the valley floor, so only the closest buildings were clearly visible. But up here the air was fresh, crisp, and clean. Alder heard the drone of distant motors, the clatter and clamor of the streets, the pulsing life of the city below them, but it all seemed muted, remote, and unimportant. Metamore City, with all its wonders, still felt small before the awesome majesty of the landscape that surrounded it. Bulky, Natasha whispered, from a spot just over her right shoulder. Goodness, Honor said. I told you it would be worth it. Alex nestled in close beside her on the left, then rested their forearms on the rail and leaned out into the open air. Honor didn't feel nearly so comfortable with that idea as Alex apparently did. She leaned against the androgyne's side instead, and very carefully did not look down. It is lovely, she conceded. I used to come up here to be alone, even before the garden was finished, Alex said, in a low and confidential tone, when I needed to clear my head, or when my parents had guests over whom I didn't care for. Honor wondered what Alex might be referring to, but then she remembered Cousin Graham's whispered remarks at the ball. Magnificent, aren't they? And so generous. They share everything. If you are ever invited to one of their parties, I highly recommend it. Honor might have been an innocent about many things, but her hormone-addled imagination could supply all sorts of guesses about what might happen at the parties Graham had mentioned. She could also imagine an awkward adolescent Alex not wanting to know what their parents did at said parties, assuming, of course, that there was any truth to the story, and that Graham wasn't just spreading nasty rumors for his own amusement. The amulet warmed against her chest, and a few more vivid fantasies spun themselves out before Honor's eyes— Many of them involved the sorts of toys that Natasha had introduced her to yesterday. Her sex throbbed with sudden urgency. She did her best to ignore it. She wondered if she and Alex would be invited to such a party, now that they'd come of age. Not one hosted by Alex's parents, of course, but perhaps by some of their like-minded friends. It seemed unlikely, but who was she to say what was possible in Metamore? Androgynes had a reputation for being intensely sexual, a side effect of the magic that had shaped their bodies. Perhaps the sort of debauchery that Honor and Natasha had gotten up to would seem normal to them. Perhaps they are just as twisted in the head as I am. She couldn't tell if she found the idea comforting or not. She reached over and found Alex's hand on the rail, covered it with her own. Thank you for sharing it with me. Alex smiled down at her, golden brown eyes as warm as ever. You are most welcome.
They stood there for a long time, hands joined, watching the sunlight slide off the peaks of the mountains until the deep blue of twilight fell around them. They conversed in low, reverent voices, like they were standing in a great cathedral, their faces bare inches from one another, their bodies pressed close enough to feel the heat of each other's bodies through the fabric. Alex seemed delighted to have her there and gave the impression they were savoring every moment. But they did not try to kiss her again. And that's the end of Chapter 3. Come back next time when Honor is having feelings about her experience at Townsend Tower. The House of Bellevue will be released over 51 weeks at a rate of one chapter per week. If you'd like to listen to it faster, all three books are available now on Amazon and Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Italo Calvino said, The struggle of literature is in fact a struggle to escape from the confines of language. It stretches out from the utmost limits of what can be said. What stirs literature is the call and attraction of what is not in the dictionary. So, shake off your chains and escape with me to the weekly writing report. This update covers the week of July 16th through July 22nd. I wrote 3,522 words this week, over the course of six hours, for an average writing speed of 587 words per hour. I wrote on four out of seven days this week. This week I continued my background work for the next novel, Maid of Honor. I realized that since the love interest in this book is a Shori refugee, I needed to know much more about Shori history and culture. Fanchoir is one of the least developed parts of Metamore City's world. Apart from its location and a rough description of Shori appearance, almost nothing had been written about it, either in my own works or in Metamore Keep before them. So this week I pushed hard on fleshing out the geography and history of Fanchoir. I created a much more detailed map of the continent, working out all the major ecological regions and their names, and then began writing the history that took place there. I still have a long way to go, but I've already made some important decisions and discoveries that are likely to influence how these characters view the world. I'll be sharing the maps and images I develop over on my Patreon feed, visible at the $3 a month level and higher. To see these and lots of other behind-the-scenes content, go to patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. Take a look at the donation tiers and make a pledge today. And if you're already a patron, thank you so much for your support. You're the ones who keep this operation running. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester, the fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. 
If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.